six sides of school I fatted no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody and welcome to the UK Hockey Fam Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Finn. And we're back with the Sunday Night Super Show. Um, we always used to try and end end the week or start the week, depending on how you are inclined, on a Sunday uh, with a longer show, uh, which usually features Cliffy's Notes, our mate Scott Ancliff, who is a hockey pundit here in the UK. Scott's been ill for a little while, but he's back, and he's going to be on the show tonight. We'll be ringing him up a little later. He's up in Sheffield now. Um, I think he uh, is probably just catching the end of a Steelers game, if I'm not mistaken, so we'll have him on. What else we got, Finn? Uh, so we got some CWHL uh, news, a uh, couple big things there, uh, a couple signings, one Leafs and one just big, generally big signing, uh, a few Leafs games to catch up on. Oh, yeah. Um couple milestones and some more uh, some good injury news for once oh yeah all right we like that and um and then we uh obviously we got cliffy's notes yep and then we're going to end the show with some uh, more fun questions because <laughs> it seems to do well last Finn's time f- crazy questions and maybe even one from uh, an audience member which i think i saw earlier so awesome okay uh first up i want to say that i am not drinking my normal beer on the show tonight so things could go a little uh could go a little dodgy nor are you drinking your normal tipple no. So uh, I like to, I mean, I don't mean to plug a beer company here or whatever, but my favorite beer in the entire world is a beer, uh, is an IPA made for, uh, by a small brewery here in the UK, uh, down in Cornwall, called Black Flag Brewery. They're f- absolutely awesome. They make incredibly cloudy, uh, inc- incredibly delicious cloudy IPA. When I can't get that, sometimes I'll default to Lagunitas IPA. And uh, as a total backstop to that, I'll have a Goose Island IPA. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't get any of those. And tonight I'm drinking something called Third World Problem IPA, which has probably the funniest label I've ever seen. Ah, that's amazing. <laughs> it has a picture of a distressed looking, it's a cartoon of a distressed looking businesswoman who's sitting in a taxi cab and, uh, and there's a little uh, caption coming out of it saying, Uber had nothing. So I had to share a lift with a colleague. So I liked it because it's funny. But uh, I'm getting used to the taste. Now, Finn, you're usually an A&W root beer guy. Yes, I am. Uh, but we couldn't get any of that because we do have to special order it. We um, send uh, over back home to uh, for that from uh, my uh, sister Shana. usually sends some over. Or occasionally I can get it off of Amazon Canada. What are you on today? Uh, Carter's. <laughs> I'm not I even sure know. why I decided to start with a shout out to the things that we're drinking. Yeah, but and anyway, they're, they're not even I the right things either. No, they aren't the even the right thing. So, <laughs> so we've got all the wrong drinks here, but we're going to try and do all the right things on the podcast. Um, so the very first thing that we wanted to start off with, as Finn mentioned, was the CWHL, which we, um, are like I think so many others in this season, we've become huge fans of. We absolutely love this. How do we have an not be fans of this but we are now we haven't chosen a team specifically to support yet like we do the Leafs um, but we do love the the whole league and uh, today was the championship yes yeah, so the championship finished about 15 minutes ago yeah and so streamed worldwide 
Um, the uh, championship there is not played for, obviously, the Stanley Cup and the CWHL. Uh, it is for the Clarkson Cup, is the cup that they're challenging for. And um, w- we mentioned, we did a roundup of the playoffs and how that was going uh, in the last episode of the podcast. And th- so today was absolutely the final challenge, Montreal versus Calgary in uh, for the Clarkson Cup. Yep. Just finished. Yes. So, some uh, stuff hot off the press. Should we start with le- some uh, league awards, or do you want to start off with the game itself and the and the um, outcome of that game? Let's leave the game till the end. Let's, okay, let's go, right. let's yeah, go yeah, to some awards chat. first. That's a good chat. Okay, so, obviously, coming towards the end of the season, uh, they started to hand out their awards for the league, and um, and so we can get r- run through a few of those and let you know who w- who won them and what they won them for. And uh, and then we'll cover the game, which had a clear winner. The score, final score, being five-two, I believe. Yes, it was. And we'll let you know h- how that went in a minute. So, uh, where do you want to go first with an award, Finn? Uh, well, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll lead off here with the um, uh, Coach of the Year award uh, going to Jim Jackson of the Markham Thunder. Oh, nice. Okay, good choice, Coach of the Year. Nice, uh, an unexpected choice. I'm gonna go for. Um, I'm going to go for Goalie of the Year, shall I? So Goalie of the Year award went to Alex Rigsby. um, And Alex Rigsby plays for the Calgary Inferno. Goalie of the Year. Team that just won. Um, um, Slight spoiler. I know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, then. All right. Carry on. It's better. Yeah. Um... I mean, th- there's a lot of this of the same woman here. Yeah, there um, is. I'm looking this at this too. There's well obviously a superstar in that. Well, league. we may as well go through. So, the winner of the CWHL MVP award, um, the Jaina Hefford Trophy, which is the most outstanding player of the year. Yep. And the Angela James Bowl uh, Trophy. Yep. Which is the r- le- uh, the league leading regular point scorer. Scorer. Yep. And uh, going to Marie Philippe. Lynn. Yeah, fantastic. A fantastic achievement there. Uh picking up those two. Uh there's a they gave out a humanitarian award and that was to a coach, I'd believe. And uh, that humanitarian award went to Michael Bartlett and I'm not not exactly sure. Maybe he's not a coach actually. Uh he might just have something to do with the league itself. We'll have to look that up. What else you got? Um let's look at this one here. Defenseman of the year. Goes to Erin Ambrose, I think. I think that's how you say Ambrose. it. Ambrose. Yeah. Yep. Um, of the Les Can- uh, of Les Canadiens de Montreal. Montreal, yeah. Uh, and Rookie of the Year uh, for 2019 uh, went to Victoria Bach of the Markham Thunder. Yeah. Got any others? Or is that the lot? That is all of them. I okay. Believe. Cool. Right. So some some great awards. Some uh, amazing and inspirational women playing hockey there. Let's get down to business. What happened with the Clarkson cl- Cup? So, if I find the box score here, um, so kind of, I kind of spoiled it there <laughs> with. Um, <laughs> That's all right. You couldn't contain your excitement. No, That's I understandable. It was good. I I watched a bit of the game. To be honest, yeah, I found some stream somewhere. Um, yeah. So the final score was five-two to Calgary. So uh, five-two Calgary over Montreal. Yes. Um, we'll go. Th- we'll go through all the goals and the assists. Yeah, we might as well. Why not? Uh, so first goal scored uh, seven fifty nine to the first. Uh, Calgary, Zoe Hickel. Okay. Uh, assist going to Caitlin uh, Gosling and Casey Bellamy. Okay, cool. 
You can pronounce the next one. So right, ne- okay. next goal was yeah, also yeah. to Calgary. Okay. So uh, next one uh, scored by Cal- uh, Calgary in uh, at twelve fifty nine uh, was scored by Halle Halle Krizniak. I'm gonna say Krizaniak or Krizniak. Uh, you snatched that thing away before I could see any other detail, but that's who oh, scored it. assist by Blair Turnbull. Okay, there you go. Uh, Montreal scored next uh, in the second period, 343. Uh, and Sophie Bet- is it or Bet- Betet or uh, Betteth? How would you pronounce that? Now, it's a tricky one. And Sophie, so I'm going to guess she's French. And Sophie Bette, I'm going to say. Uh, it ends in an EZ, and um, we should know these. Uh, assisted by Hillary Knight, who is a huge, huge um, player, and uh, I'm a massive fan of Hillary Knight, and assisted also by Aaron Ambrose, who we mentioned earlier, into the third period. Uh, are you sure third period there? We're still in the second here, mate. Oh, right. We, Apologies. We, Did I skip one? You skipped two. <laughs> I always do that. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, Calgary was the next goal, 12.42. Yeah. Uh, goal going to Brianna Decker. Oh, yeah, Decker swoon. There we go. Uh, k- uh, assist going to Casey Bellamy. Oh, awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, second assist of the game, actually. Uh, Montreal scores again. Uh, same person, and Sophie Bette. Um, assist going to Sarah Lefort. Okay, cool. Uh, third period, uh, Calgary scores Zoe Hickel. Um, assist going to Rebecca Johnston. Yep. And um, empty net goal with 23 seconds left of the game. Calgary, uh, Rebecca Johnston, assist going to Bridget Laquette. So Montreal pulled goalie as you would do when it was 4-2, to two, um, hoping to get that little spark to uh, get them back in the game, um, but uh, suffered a empty netter. So the final score, 5-2 Calgary. Calgary wins the cup. Yes, uh, and the MVP, I believe, of the playoffs uh, went to Brianna Decker. Awesome. I love love Brianna Decker. I'm gonna say it. Um, I have it. She's my at my athlete pro athlete crush is on Brianna Decker. Not only is she an amazing player, but she's some cute as well and lovely. Okay. What do you say to that? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, mate. Yeah, love and Decker. Right. Great. So big win. Uh, that's exciting news. So this is the Stanley Cup for the as you know as far as uh, CWHL is concerned, and um, so they had their championship today. And congratulations, Calgary Inferno. Yeah, well, that actually means that um, uh, uh, Toronto Furies might be in uh, some kind of contention next year, with Calgary uh, narrowly uh, beating them in the first round um, to knock them out, um, and that's when they advance to the finals. So that means that. The Furies, maybe with a couple other people, might. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Might well, it seems like a natural fit that we should be supporting the Cal- uh, the Toronto Fury. So we'll have to look some more into that. The other thing um, that we'll have to look into. So now, technically, the off season starts as of now, and um, we'll have to look into the whole trading situation and what happens with all that, and uh, and we'll try and keep you posted, and dig out little bits of news on that as we go. And um, starting next season. We can announce that we're going to give full and complete coverage of the CWHL in the podcast as well. Okay. So we will probably do it from, um, just like we try and cover all of hockey from a Toronto Maple Leafs point of view, because we are huge Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Um, We will try and pick a team from the CWHL, most likely the Toronto Furies. 
and um, our coverage will always focus on a team, but we'll give you a full coverage of what's happening in the league because the nice thing is, is it's it's um, of a size where we can probably report on the whole thing. So yep. um, we will always have content from CWHL. I was going to say one last thing, uh, something we could consider doing is maybe w- uh, we could pick a team each. Oh yeah, and that's then not do a bad idea. We could do extra coverage on those two teams and then do a roundup of the other, the other, the rest of the league. We could actually, yeah, we could, and we could see how well we do throughout the league and maybe one of us will win. Yeah. Okay, that's a great idea. So sta- um, when you tune in, uh, as, as you do, and we're grateful that you join us um, once or twice a week, you will hear more about this as we go. So off-season now for uh, the Canadian uh, Women's Hockey League, uh, but stand, uh, stay tuned for more on that. Where do we go next? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Leafs games? Okay, let's go for to throw a few Leafs games. Okay, in. so there have how many Leafs games have there been since we were on last week? Uh, three. Three games, um, including the one that we watched last night, um, the uh, Leafs versus Rangers, yep. which was lucky enough for us. Again, it was an early start, so we watched the whole thing. I think it's it's still it's they're all early starts. Uh, it's a time change. We we are benefiting from the time change. Yes. Yeah, so it looks like. Um, it looks like it, it's uh, all the all the games might go back to normal normal time like midnight uh, from April first onwards. Mm. Oh right, okay. They go back to normal time from April first. Yes, because you've got uh, the Florida game tomorrow night is eleven for us again. Uh, right. Philly game yeah. uh, after again eleven p.m. and Ottawa uh, also eleven p.m. for us Ottawa. and then. And then you get to the Islanders, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Montreal all Back at to midnight. midnight. Okay. All right. Well, let's lap it up where we can. So the 11 o'clock starts have been helpful. It means that uh, we're hitting this hitting bed about 2 a.m. rather than 3 a.m., which is nice. It's always a bonus. Uh, s- but let's not start with the, the most recent one. Let's go all the way back. So what was the, um, what was the, the game after we were on last? The first game... First, uh, so the last game that we that uh, we talked about was the Ottawa game, right? Which was a loss. Oh yeah, that's so Leafs that were going sends blowout. Yeah, so the Leafs were going into this uh, this week hoping f- uh, t- to g- get back on a winning streak for the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, something, however, I'm, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Don Cherry last night, Coach Connor. I'm pretty sure he said something about uh, for Leafs fans not to worry. Uh, um, just like the kiss of death. No, Don Cherry, he's he is a hockey god himself, man. Oh man, okay. All right, you're a fan. Oh, I like Don Cherry. All right, I okay. Like that guy. Yeah, that's cool. What's that um, like? But yeah, so um yeah, so going into this week we were wanting some wins and uh that just didn't happen with Nashville. Oh right, the Predators. Which was our first uh, game. Yeah, okay. Um do you, do you want to go through the scoring? It was three 0 loss. Oh, so uh, you kick it off. I, I, it, it's hard for me to remember. It's like a car crash. I'm trying to block it out of my mind. You you start things off on that one. I mean, it's it's three 0 loss. So we'll just go through the scorers for the other teams. Yeah. So Brian Boyle uh, scores in the first period. Uh, scoreless second period. Uh, Wayne Simmons, um, someone the least were looking were hoping to pick up. Uh, the trade deadline. Yep. Um, and then Philippe Forsberg. Um, scores an empty net goal uh, to win three uh, nil. And that was Freddie in goal, yeah. That uh, let me have a, let me look here. Uh, yes, Freddie was in goal. So their goalie recorded. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, thinking about this, it is it's got to be pretty rare to record a shutout at this time in the uh, at this point in the season for anybody really. I mean, Price did it, but he's Price. Well, there you go. Um, no, but the. 
the uh, Predators have uh, Rene though, yeah, Pick Rene, and he's that's really true. good. Yeah, he is good. Um, but you, you know, I, th- I think there's some kind of trend going on here. The, the Leafs outshoot them uh, only by two shots, twenty-two to twenty. Um, somehow couldn't get a goal. Yeah, I oh, I don't know. I, I feel, like, I feel like that's a thing for us. The Rangers game was a, a, a an extreme example of that, which we'll come come on to in a minute. But I just can't, could not believe that. And there's something to say about that, and we'll get onto that in a minute. So uh, blown out by the Predators three 0 and then we faced off against uh, Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo was a, a more fun game for us. For sure. Uh, for once, we outshot them forty six to twenty four, uh, almost double the double the shots, and uh, it actually came through for us. Yeah, Freddie and goal again, I think. Uh, yeah. No, Sparks. Oh, Sparks and goal. Sparky was in goal because it was a back to back. Oh, that's right. And we talked about that last time. How I hate the back to back. I mean, Freddie should do his job. And no, Sparks is playing. Paid. Sparks is playing better now, man. Sparks, Sparks is going to be flipping starting goalie in the playoffs. So this is my whole point. That's fine. Okay, if we can admit that and say that Sparks is doing a better job, then he's the starting goalie. Stop starting Freddie. Uh, but don't pretend that we have a starting goalie and a backup goalie if you're just going to play them. You know, al- alternate them on a back to back. Um, you know, maybe it's time that Sparks is a starting goalie, and maybe that will happen. Um, maybe that will happen coming up, sp- uh, especially after what went down last night. So Toronto versus Buffalo, uh, home to Buffalo. Um, f- uh, Sparks and goal, and uh, we win it four two. Yep. So let's quickly whiz through the goals. First period, you've got uh, Buffalo opening the scoring um, with uh, Middlestadt gets uh, gets one. Uh, assisted by Dolan and Eichel and uh, that was it N- uh, Leafs didn't answer so we headed into the second period 1-0 what happened then okay so second period we have 143 into the second Austin Matthews hot streak that man uh, with his 35th goal of the year assist going to Andreas Janssen and Muzzin and Muzzin yeah loving Muzzin awesome so great tied it up one all Matthews with a, with a beauty uh, sorry carry on uh, next goal, uh, eighteen thirty-two into the second period. Uh, John Tavares, forty-first goal of the year, assist going to William Nylander and Austin Matthews. Excellent. So we go ahead to one uh, Tavares with a nice one. Good to see Willie on the scoreboard. Ahead into the third period, and I think Mitchie opened it up with a goal there. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, assisted by Tavares. Yes, Mitch Marner uh, scores twenty-two seconds into the third period. Uh, scoring his 25th goal of the year, assist going to John Tavares with his 40th. And uh, Willie wasn't the only Nylander that got on the uh, I, s- I scoreboard. Was, yeah, I was going to say, uh, his brother, Alexander Nylander, uh, scores for Buffalo, uh, assist going to Sabotka and Bogosian, nice. uh, 3-2. So, yeah, s- uh, score... Oh, so he yeah brings one back, 3-2. Uh, so again, things uh, turns up the pressure on Leafs a little bit, um, but it wasn't to be because the next goal scored by Zach Hyman, unassisted on an empty net. I believe they pulled their goalie, and um, Hyman popped in an empty netter. Yeah, his 18th goal of the year. So a uh, good Leafs win, a solid Leafs win against Buffalo. And so remember way back when people were talking about. I know Steve Dangle and those guys talked about it on their podcast. They're talking about this whole uh, commuter series against Buffalo uh, where we had still had a few games left to play against them. And people were like, hey, watch this series and see what happens kind of thing. I believe since they talked about that, we've played them just a twice and we beat them both times. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, you know, and at the moment, it's a roller coaster ride, an emotional roller coaster ride with the Leafs like it always ends up being. 
and so we're up and down a little bit. Uh, so it was nice to get a, a tidy win. I mean, that's a proper game, right? For the score, uh, <coughs> a score that ends up 4-2, um, one of which is an empty netter. We would have won without the empty netter. That's a proper game, right? That's two teams, pretty equal, um, scrapping it out, back and forth game. Uh, you know, both both teams scoring, and uh, and we end up pulling away the results. So that was great for us. And then we faced off against the Islanders. Rangers. Sorry, why did I say Islanders? I looked at you and something something made me say Islanders. Uh, yeah, so New York, New, we played the other New York team. <laughs> um, the other ones. The other ones, yeah. They don't even deserve. I'm just so annoyed. Flipping Georgiev is their, their backup goalie that's playing better than Lundqvist. It's uh, it's maddening. It's maddening. So um, we stayed up to watch this whole game last night, which um, you know, won't spoil it for anyone to tell you that it ends in overtime. And uh, again, a, a second ago, I was talking about the Buffalo game, and I'm saying, you know, it's a good game when you're within a goal or maybe two goals, and the scoreline stays like that throughout the game. That's a good game of hockey, and that's the kind of game that you want to watch, right? Um, you know, people will be out there listening saying, no, what we want to watch is the Leafs score loads of goals and run away with it and whatnot. It's like, yeah, that's great. You know, that's good. But you want to watch a game, you know, and you want to be put, you want to be a bit tense. You want to you want to come out with the result, but the, that tension that builds when you're within a goal of one another, that's great. And so last night was sort of the same. I mean, they're both playing really hard and taking loads of shots. It was a goalie game last night, really, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was for Georgiev. I mean, Anderson only had 28 shots on him. So um, so we played defensively well last night. Yeah, like, we really did. And um and to and w- and watching the game we thought, you know, we're really shutting them down on the on the on the defense, which is great um when we're thinking about how we're going to perform against Boston in the playoffs. And you w- and we really need to shut down their shooters. So that was all happening last night. And uh and in fact, so you you go into the um first period and we go right the way through the first period, and it's scoreless at the end of the first period. And you're thinking, hmm, you know, we're really bringing it. Where are, where are the Rangers in the in the standings at the moment? Um, Do you know? I th- probably at the bottom somewhere. <sighs> what a shame! Because uh, yeah, twenty seventh. That is rubbish. Um, but yeah, they really. Uh, it was a real test last night. So we get through the first period, nil uh, nil. Uh, nobody scores, but uh, shot the shots total is ridiculous, right? Um, we're watching that game and you're watching their performance and you're thinking, holy smokes, um, they've got a goalie. They haven't got a goalie, they've got a wall built in there. Well, they've got, like, Lundqvist and then they're like, oh, let's try this new rookie, Gorgiev, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, we're going to destroy him. This was, he he was in net uh, for them last time when they shut us out. Yeah. Um. So he's their, like, Leafs talisman or whatever. He's 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 their lucky charm. He's the Leafs killer right there. Yeah. So, so um, I don't know if we have the the uh, w- we probably don't have the um, period by period shots totals, but uh, I mean it was a shooting gallery, and uh, we could not get one in. And we ended up. Uh, yeah, I've I've got the shots by period if you want. Okay, yeah. How many? What's what are the shots like in that first period? Uh, first period was close with um, thirteen uh, for Toronto and eleven for Rangers. Uh, second period was uh, ten for Toronto and seven uh, for the Rangers. Um, and the third period was, um, pretty big with being 20 to the Leafs and seven for the Rangers, uh, three, uh, for the Rangers for overtime and two for the Leafs in overtime, giving you a total of 45 to 28. Right. Did you just go right the way through the game on the shots there? Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, so the scoring, the score line, um, nil nil first period, nil nil second period, and that's a har- that's hard hockey to watch, especially when you're dragging your ass up at like eleven o'clock at night and you're <laughs> and you're watching yeah a game of hockey and nobody scores for two periods. That's like watching a wa- that's like watching a British football game, and that's that's why I don't watch football anymore. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. So two periods with nobody scoring at either end. Boring as hell. It was I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't boring. Like there was there was someone's did like a a graph with um, you know shots. a circle showing where oh the shots yeah. were and then yeah, a yeah. bigger circles for where the best chances were. Yep. And like the Rangers were kinda spread out and then like a couple big circles near near Freddy. That and then it was just like dark blue at the other end with just like these everywhere. big big circles just e- everywhere in the slot and in front of the goal, a couple even behind the net and stuff. Yeah, he was just he had an outstanding game that that He goalie. actually got the second star. Second star, that's insane. He should have got first star. But anyway, so um into the third period and things change. Uh yes, they did. Uh, in fact, uh, dramatically with um uh, 19 seconds in, uh, Buchnevich of uh, the New York Rangers uh, scores. Opens the scoring in the third period, which is amazing. So, yeah, opens the scoring, 1-0 Rangers. Sorry. Assists? Oh, uh, Brady Shea and Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, unbelievable. So, you know, after all of those shots, these are the moments as a Leafs fan that are tough to take. Um, absolutely nailing the shots on that goalie and he was standing on his head having a brilliant game two scoreless periods for the Leafs and then the Rangers open up the scoring in the third that's hard to take as a Leaf you know and um but you know whole period left to go so uh one nil Rangers yes uh 833 into the third period uh Zach Hyman scores uh assist going to oh sorry his 19th goal of the year assist going to John Tavares is 40 41st Assists, so he's uh, currently even in goals and assists with 41 apiece. Oh, right, okay. And uh, Mitch Marner with a 62nd assist. God, that kid's doing good. He's on 87 points. Wow, amazing. Amazing season for Mitch. That's great. I mean, he has to. He now has to score like a, a goal and two assists a game to reach the 100 mark, but you know. It's possible. It's Mitch. He'll it's probably Mitch. get like... A le- he'll, he'll break right, the record. You're touching wood. I'm going to touch wood too. Let's you know. Let's assume he stays healthy because he's on track to having a miracle season. Um, okay, so it's one all now, and um, you know which feels a bit better. A little bit of time left. Uh, yeah, no one else scores uh, for that period. Clock runs away from like us, and we end up one all and, at and the end y- of regula- regulation time. You can see. Um, you can see how hard the Leafs were playing as well with twen- scoring a uh, sorry taking twenty shots in the one period alone in that third period. So it rem- yeah, and it reminds me of the con- the controversy last night. If there was if there is some, there's pretty much some every game. I don't know, uh, and I don't mean just at least a- a- every game. But last night was the fact that the um, the refs just the officials were just missing some pretty key penalties. Yeah. One of which um, was... Oh, actually, no. So uh, what reminded me of that was the cross-check on Tavares, which was terrifying, right? Oh, yeah. When he... Yeah, he was holding his ribs. And oh, like my God. He, he laid on the ice. You could tell he was hurt. And then he could just... Be- the trainer came out. And uh, 
he could barely get to his feet and every Leafs fan everywhere, every member of Leafs Nation was just like, oh my God, no. You've just killed our star player. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, no, no, but I was going to say, one of the one of the things that I'm, I, I don't know how how, uh, how right this is, but one of, one of their players kind of got on top of him because the goalie got out of the net. So it's just Tavares like sitting in the open net. So you said this last night when we were watching the game. You're like, "Oh, this is so classy, man! That guy's like covering him yeah, up, kind I, of thing." Yeah, I can't. I I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do. So I'll tell you what he was doing. What? Just keeping him down. Tavares was laying on a stick. Oh. And so uh, he had no choice but to just sort of lay there, because um, Tavares was at, he'd cro- uh, no someone else had cross checked Tavares and Tavares collapsed onto that dude's stick and was laying on top of the stick. I think that's why he he got the thing. And I think I think he fell on that stick and that stick went into his ribs or something. So that call drew a penalty. Uh, let me have a look here. I'm pretty I've sure got, that penalties. that drew a cross check penalty. Uh, it must have. It did. Yes, it did. Because they went on the power play and didn't score, which is a tribute to New York because you know our power play is badass. Um, but there were at least two other two other incidents in that period where um, it was a clear-cut call and no one could believe that the ref's hand didn't go up. There was a trip on someone and um, there was an interference, I think, on somebody else. And I can't I can't bring the names to mind at the moment. But, but um, at the time, looking at uh, social media last night and everything else, it just blew up about the terrible of officials and how they weren't calling these clear uh, penalties against the Rangers um, and made a mess of the game. But hey, you know, whatever. So ending regulation time 1-1 and into OT we go, which is a dicey situation always, right? And we talked about this actually the, on the last podcast. So any time that you line up, and this is my opinion anyway, and I think you feel the same. Yeah. Any time that you line up in a three-on-three situation, so for the for this new um, the uh, overtime um, s- setup, which is three-on-three, it's just going to be chaos for the first couple minutes. That puck's going to bobble around like a ping-pong ball until someone settles in, and the first team that gains control are generally going to win. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened last night. I mean, there is one, there is one Leafs line that uh, literally night in night out is always, is always there or uh, with the puck, and um, especially this OT line and this, this this line must be, I mean, it's just sick. It's the um because it's three on three overtime now. Yeah. Um, and then Which I, I love, by the way. I do love the format. Yeah, yeah, I, d- I do too. It, g- it gives people like uh, Mitch Marner and uh, John Tavares and Morgan Riley lots of space to work with. Oh my God, Riley had a ga- great game last night. By the way, literally, Riley and Muzzin are, have been playing, especially without Gardner and Dermot recently. Yeah. They've both been playing out of their minds. Y- yeah, um, yeah, they've been playing great. I mean, Riley had an uh, uh, absolutely astounding game last night. Um, but yeah, the three-on-three, three, good format. It gives some of these guys space. So some of those speedy guys like uh, Mariner and whatnot gives them a bit more space to do their thing, which is really cool. But like I say, it tends to be, remembering that they've just played 60 minutes of hockey. And in fact, that's one of the stats that they kept bringing up last night. Um, Riley was on the ice for ages. He was almost on there for 30 minutes. It was like twenty-five, over 25 minutes, I think. Uh, I can try and find it. Which which seems oh jeez, which seems crazy 
to people that 25 minutes on what's that like i mean that's huge that's a huge amount of time uh riley was on the ice for 27 minutes and 18 seconds i knew it was almost half an hour that's huge and so they're leaning on riley which is good you know as long as they don't break him anyway coming back to this whole setup three on three oh dude no before you go on muzzin as well 27 minutes and 10 seconds yeah so you know this is you know, Babs, I hope you know what you're doing, man. We've got some injuries on the defensive lines. So, you know, he's leaning on these guys. Don't break those guys before the playoffs. That's all, that's all I can say. And um, so it's three on three. And usually, like I say, it's a bit of a bun fight. And uh, until somebody gains control of the puck. And then pretty much once they, get, they gain control, uh, somebody scores. And it doesn't usually take all that long. You don't hear t- you don't hear games going to penalties that much anymore. Penalty shots. No, Leafs haven't uh, gone uh, gone to a game that's been decided on penalty shots at, at all this season. No, and um, and it's it's so it just goes to show that the format's working because nobody wants a game to be decided by penalty shots. Nobody. Yeah. So three on three format working. Uh, in this case, it didn't work for Leafs. So. Yeah, I mean, as as I was saying earlier, there is one line, and this is this is the starting line in overtime, the minor line is disgusting and with the three on three you they had uh Tavares Marner and uh Riley and that that line came out and took like five shots on no sorry not five shots like they they literally they, they, peppered they, the goal though. I mean they were all over him. Yeah they they were like literally they had like the best chance where Marner went up um missed the uh, missed the net or it got blocked or something and then Tavares was straight there as well and this so these took, like a great shot on the goalie. So these guys have played sixty minutes of hockey they're absolutely, they've left that all out there, right? And yeah. re- remembering that as they're chasing, on uh, a 1-1 situation and they're chasing the clock um, in the third period, they are literally, every player that hits the ice is giving it every ounce of energy that they've got. And so it ends with a w- uh, in a draw. And now you've got to go into OT and you've just spent a period giving it everything you had. Uh, and so first line comes out. Has a flurry of shots and can't seem to get one in. Change onto the second um, OT line, and I'm pretty sure it was that quick. It was. It was one minute uh, and 48 seconds in. A Rangers score. And the Rangers score, uh, Strom. And it was just like, you know, it, it's like one of those things where I remember you're sort of settling in, you sit forward on the couch and whatnot. It's like, here we go. And then uh, and then they scored. And, and because it's a, a home game for the Leafs, the uh, announcer barely even says anything. Ah, oh, they scored. And you're like, what? What do you say? It's like, oh, no, they've scored. So after that incredible game that ends in re- ends regulation time in w- 1-1, um, ends up going uh, Rangers way as they pop one in, the first people to pop one in, one uh, just under two minutes into overtime. And the final score is 2-1 Rangers, which was pretty crappy. Yeah, especially with the shots being 45-28. And especially when you stay up, you stay up till two in the morning. Yeah, no, actually, it was three again because of the overtime. Oh yeah, that's right. It was getting on for three in the morning. Um, but yeah, so that sucked. So the, of the three games that we've talked about since happened in the last podcast, it was the typical Leafs roller coaster, blown out by the Preds, won against Buffalo, and then lost a nail biter against um, Rangers last night. So that's that. That's the three games: um, two losses and a win. Sadly. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Rangers here, and it seems like the Leafs just can't seem to win against the worst of teams in the league. Um, I mean, they've played the Rangers three times this season. Uh, first game in December, uh, going in favor of the Leafs 5-3. to three. 
uh, and then uh, Georgiev uh, comes in, and um, we don't win a game since then. Uh, February 11th, um, uh, New York will, uh, beat us 4-1, to one. and then, yeah, last night uh, they beat us 2-1. Yeah, no, it sucks. It leaves us in uh, sixth place overall, and uh, in the division, still welded into that third place position behind Boston. Um, and so we are now seven points adrift of Boston, which really sucks. Uh, and Boston themselves are 19 points adrift of Tampa Bay, making us, I'm just trying to do the maths here, uh, we are uh, 26 points yeah, 26. behind. 26 points behind in third place. That is a hell of a gap. Tampa have had a season. They have had a season, man, for sure. Uh, but just carrying on with a couple uh, more points there, that means that Montreal's trailing us by seven points at this stage. Um, Panthers are um, what two, two, 14 points behind us. So never Florida, but um, and in the wild card standings, we are in. Th- uh, we're third. In no, the we're we're third, and the wild card is uh, third in the Atlantic. I mean, yeah, and the wild card uh, is currently Carolina and Montreal. Yeah, so uh, so we're still exactly where we were. Um, because of the way that the season panned out early, but um, you know we could use some more wins. Yeah, I mean, at least the the one thing you can take away, the one positive you can take away from last night, is um, number one, we're better, we're better than the Islanders, uh, and number two, uh, we still got that uh, pity point. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 yeah, the uh, overtime pity point. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it sucks when somebody else gets them. Like Boston has a whole load of them. Boston has nine. Um, but, you know, a point's a point, I guess. I do still hate that whole thing, by the way. Yeah, so do I. I just you get nothing. Yeah, you 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 win or you lose. Yes. Is, uh, and I know it sounds a lot like football. Um, wait, no, football, if there's, if, it, if it's a draw, they just both It's take. just a draw. Yeah. Unless it's a uh, playoff or a cup final. Yeah. And then they, then they will go right to penalties if they have to. Penalty shots. Uh, okay, so, um, Leafs not doing that great. Uh, just nothing that we can do to shake our fate, which is to play Boston in the in the playoffs at the moment. Yeah. So I think we've got what do we got? Eight games left? Seven games left? Uh, let me have a look here. Uh, Seventy-five. Sure. So seven games left. Seven games left. Uh, trailing by seven points behind um Boston, and uh, you know we're not going to close that gap. It's unlikely. Unless Boston lose every well, game. Well, Boston we needs, end, we've Boston been every needs game. to not gain a point, basically, and we need to get a few points here. Give me a sec. Me but, you know, I guess, so, seven games, that's a potential 14 points. Um, Boston has the same amount of games. They've got 14 points to lose, basically. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's still possible that we can reverse our positions, but that won't make any difference for the playoffs, will it? And um, No, not really. I mean, they... They look like they're going to de- destroy every team other than uh, ev- every game. Sorry, other than two, uh, both against Tampa Bay. I feel like those are going to be the only the only games they might lose. So at least pretty much have to win every game. Uh, well, yeah, just to what? Just to get above just Boston. Just to get near them. So it doesn't really matter, though, is the thing. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, so that's where we sit. And uh, onward, uh, you mentioned before, who do we, who have we got next? Uh, Philly? Uh, let me look here. 
no, uh, we have uh, Panthers. Panthers, and then Philly, I think. Then Philly, then Ottawa, uh, then Islanders, uh, Hurricanes, Tampa Bay, and Montreal. Uh, okay. Huh. Is Montreal, we play Montreal last? Yep. We oh, started right. the season against them and then ending the season oh, against nice. them. Nice, okay. Uh, because I believe we beat them. The e- every time. <laughs> because it was nice because I have a couple Montreal fans on my team, which is very nice when we beat them. That's cool. Listen, should we uh, pause there and get on the phone to Cliffy? Yeah, okay. Let's get Scott and Cliff on the phone. Okay. Okay. Cliffy's notes. Yeah, so it's the time uh, for Cliffy's notes, and um, we go to Scott and Cliff. Scott, are you there? I am indeed. Good evening, guys. Hey, Scott. Welcome back, man. We know that you've been uh, w- you've been a bit under the weather uh, for a while, and um, and we're delighted to hear that you're back, uh, feeling well, and and it's great to have you back on the podcast. No, likewise. Thank you. It's great to be back, and um, yeah, I'm feeling feel a lot better now, and um, yeah, it's good to be chatting with you guys. Oh, fantastic, man. Well, great to have you back. Um, we've just been talking about um, one one of the uh, things that we talked about earlier was the uh, CWHL, which came to conclusion today, and um, the Calgary Inferno have won the Cup, the Clarkson Cup, and uh, we were just doing a bit of Leaf coverage um, of the last three games, which was up and down for the Leafs with a, with uh, a loss and then a win and then another loss yep. last night against Rangers, um, but. Um, Cliffy, when you come on, you usually try and scrape together for us a, a little um, roundup of what's happening in the EIHL, the Elite League here. Uh, mm-hmm. What's news? Yeah, so the EIHL, it's, uh, I guess, in the business end of the season now. There's only a couple of games left for each team. So now, basically, the teams are playing for playoff seed-ins. And um, at the top of the league, it's really tight. I mean, it's, it's essentially a two-horse race between Cardiff and Belfast and pretty much as it has been all season, really. Um, Cardiff tonight have actually lost to Dundee, who are currently in uh, 10th place in the league. So uh, Cardiff losing, so the number one team in the league losing to, um, to Dundee, wow, uh, so 3-1. No new points for them there. No, no, and um, but Belfast, who are also in the title race, who currently sit in second, and they were four points behind um, Cardiff before tonight's games. Uh, they beat the Steelers, my team, five uh, one. Oh, um, no but way. I'll give you a bit of a, a run through from last night's scores and cool. also uh, today's scores as well. Even though some games are still playing, so they'll have to be latest scores. So sure. uh, last night, Cardiff beat Manchester four uh, nil. Fife beat Guildford three two in a shootout. Glasgow uh, lost 4-0 at home to Nottingham and the Steelers beat Milton Keynes 5-1 and then we go to uh, today's games and Dundee beat Cardiff so that was a the upset of the weekend, really. Wow. Um, Fife and Nottingham, that's currently still playing and it's free all. Um, Guildford are um, currently trailing to Coventry 4-3. And Belfast, unfortunately, beat my team, the Steelers, 5-1. Um, but that's sort of been, I guess, a typical characteristic of the Steelers all season, where they are a bit Jekyll and Hyde, so they never seem to have two performances um, in a weekend in them back-to-back. So we always seem to win one game and then always fall at the final hurdle for the second game. Um, and I don't know whether that's a conditioning thing, whether it's just a, a lack of quality thing, um, or you know a mental lapse. I'm not sure, or maybe a combination of all three. 
But with the Steelers' traditional history of being so successful, essentially the Man United of ice hockey, or, or <laughs> I guess in hockey terms, in NHL term, it'd be, I don't know, like a Pittsburgh Penguins of late or a Boston Bruins with the success they've had recently. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, uh, you know, by our own standards, have had a poor season. And we're currently um, sixth in the table. Um, but the previous years, we've, you know, always been in the top three. Um, we won the league um, double in 2015 um, and 2014, um, but it's been Cardiff's number the last couple of years, and they're looking like they're going to be on potentially um, for um, three league wins in a row. So it's uh, certainly interesting, and down at the bottom end of the table, it's still all to play for, uh, for the final eighth playoff spot, because it's an 11-team league, but the top eight teams go through to the playoffs, yeah. and then they battle it out in a uh, first verse eighth, uh, second verse seventh, third verse uh, sixth, fourth verse fifth, and then the final four go through to the playoff weekend uh, in Nottingham, uh, which is the second weekend in April. Right. Wow. And so just jumping in here, I remember the last time you were on, we talked about the whole um, strategy behind jockeying for position for those um, playoff spots. And yeah. so where is is Sheffield just ended up inevitably where we thought they would be because weren't they weren't they hoping for a lower spot or something like that? Yeah, potentially. I mean, um, there's still a couple of games left, so um, it's it's not sort of um, fully um, it's not a completed done deal. yet. No, no. So um, in terms of, I guess, the positioning, um, the Steelers have, you know, they've, they've kind of been playing to the best of their ability, but albeit it's, it's not been a great ability um, this season. Um, but they, I think, were hoping to potentially play, I think, a favourable matchup would be against the Nottingham Panthers, who we've seen to have had their number all season. So yeah. we've played eight games against them, four home, four away. And we've won six and they've won two. So they're the team who we've had <laughs> the most success against. Yeah, that's a good and, Oh, absolutely. And with them being our, our sort of, um, I guess, old foes and rivals, yeah. um, financially as well, it's a team who always brings a lot of revenue to both both clubs because it's always sellouts at uh, each other's buildings. Yep. So I think for the ownership... And because obviously the league in the UK, it's it's not, I guess, um, financially, um, I guess, as, as secure as a lot of leagues in North America. For the ownership, I think a, a Steelers-Panthers matchup would be favourable as well in terms of the income for, for those two games. Um, so I, I think the Steelers would have the mental edge over Nottingham as well, knowing that obviously they've got a good record against them this season. And we've seen to have struggled against, you know, the other teams who we could potentially face as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, that'd be the favorable option, even though obviously it's a rival and, um, you know, it, it's an old cliche, but on any given night, any team can win, you know, it, it yeah. just depends on who wants it more. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, I know um, for the NHL now, we were just talking about before you came on that there's basically seven games left of the regular season. How many are left there? Uh, two, I believe. So two. some teams have got games in hand because of scheduling issues and, and um, some teams playing in uh, a European tournament at the start of the season. So some teams have got uh, a couple of games in hand on other teams. Um, so some teams have got two games left. Uh, the Steelers case, we've only got one game left and that's against Milton Keynes away. Right. next Sunday, um, but some teams have mainly got two games left. Right, okay, cool, cool. And uh, fancy your chances against Milton Keynes? 
Uh, yeah, I think Milton Keynes, oh, that'll lead on to a nice segue about Milton Keynes, actually. Um, they've struggled this season um, in in many ways, sort of on the ice and off the ice. They've had uh, a lot of financial um, sort of um, struggles. And it, they announced um, about a week ago now that they're dropping down to a newly formed NIHL league. So the NIHL currently, as it stands, is a North and a South league. Right. And so... What's happened this season is there's been a bit of disparity between essentially the top teams and, and the lower teams in the league. So the top three teams in the NIHL this season have been the Sheffield Steel Dogs, the Hall Pirates and the Telford Tigers. And it's essentially been a free horse race. Um, whereas down at the bottom end of the table, there's the teams such as the Nottingham Lions and the Sutton Sting who've got considerably lower budgets. And that's reflected in results where I think Nottingham have only won potentially free games this season. Um, so what they've done, the AIHA, they've restructured the league. So there's going to be an NIHL uh, league. Yeah. And then below that, there's going to be an NIHL North and an NIHL South. Right. So the top league will be made up of Milton Keynes, who've announced that they're going to drop down a league um, because of mainly financial troubles. They had a fan forum event on Thursday last week. And it was announced that they were losing in excess of about £150,000 a season. Wow. Um, That's big money yes, in that league. Absolutely. And they struggled financially last season as well. So the owners, um, I think it's a, a husband and wife, uh, the Moody's, I believe they're called, they've announced that they're going to drop down. And I guess it makes a lot of sense in terms of, you know, it's a good time to do it as opposed to mid-season and dropping out potentially halfway through a season where that would lead to all sorts of problems as well. So I think, you know, it's, they've made the right decision. They're going to spend within the means, I guess, in a, a league where there's less competition in terms of um, budgets and things like that. And I think that'll help them to become more financially stable and particularly with the uh, financial climate as it is as well. Wow. Wow, that's big news. Yep, and also there's going to be a Leeds team uh, joining the league. So Leeds, which is fairly close to where I live in Sheffield, it's probably only about 40 minutes away. Um, there's, they've announced that they're going to also have a team in newly formed NIHL uh, league as well. Wow. Brand new team. Yep, brand new team. And so, um, I mean, I know Milton Keynes have got, you know, an incredible facility there in the uh, Ice Palace or whatever. Uh, we, were there yep. a we were there a couple of weeks ago. Um, what's Le is Leeds got? Is Leeds set up? Yeah, Leeds is. I think it's almost complete. So it's essentially... Um, a carbon copy of the old Cardiff uh, ice rink. So the Cardiff ice rink, which was affectionately known as the Big Blue Ten, um, um, now Cardiff have got a new arena called the Veolia Arena, I believe. Um, yeah, we were there last the week. Yeah, yeah, it used to be called the Ice Arena Wales, but now it's the Veolia Arena. It's a lovely, lovely facility. It's amazing. Um, but their previous building, which was uh, next door, uh, affectionately known as the Big Blue Tent, I think they've essentially moved that building. So if you've been to Manchester's building in Altrincham, yeah. it's essentially the same type of rink what's going to be there. So it's almost going to be like a Planet Ice-style rink um, in Leeds. So I think it's pretty much a carbon copy of the old Cardiff rink and the right. current Manchester rink as well. And so are they, are they building that? No, I mean, is it yeah. underway? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's underway, and I think they're you know pretty advanced with it from what I gather. I've I've not sort of looked into it recently, but some of my current teammates uh, from from my team, the Sheffield Ice Tigers, live in Leeds and the surrounding areas, and they mention it in the sort of chat groups that we're in. That it's pretty close to completion, I believe. I think it'll be completed. I think June time, May June time, and wow, then that'll really? allow yeah time for you know sort of. Uh, things to get put in place ready for the new season to commence in September. That's awesome. Uh, so another new big facility. That's great news. Mm, absolutely. Fantastic. Wow, that's great. Big news from uh, from the uh, British leagues then. That's really exciting. Yeah, it's always good to um, to see new teams because obviously it shows that the sport's growing and over in the UK would have been, I guess, still a niche sport. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to see that the league and hockey is growing in the UK. Absolutely. And so speaking of, <clears throat> don't mean to say, bring up the word niche, but um, we have been, as you know, and you along with us, we've been trying to cover women's hockey more on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, we talked about well, last week um, when um, when we were on, we talked about the playoff roundup of the CWHL. And we know that today they played the uh, championship and Calgary Inferno took the uh, cup this, this year, Clarkson Cup. And, um, you know, I know that it's a, probably not a brilliant time of the season for women's hockey here in England, but are there any news around um, uh, the uh, British hockey, uh, women's hockey scene? Yeah, there's um, there's been some interesting tweets going around recently. There's a player called Natasha Aldridge, who's quite an experienced uh, player in the UK. I believe she's played for Great Britain. Um, she currently plays, I believe, for the Bracknell Queen Bees, who are in the uh, Women's Elite League, and they're currently top of the league. I think they played 13 games and they've got 12 wins, so they're a very successful team. Uh, she's recently tweeted a couple of days ago, uh, three days ago, um, about the EIHA, which is the governing body for the women's leagues over here in the UK, also the junior leagues and the NIHL league that we've uh, just mentioned recently. Yep. Um, she tweeted, I'll read it verbatim, um, quite a, an interesting tweet regarding the EIHA, their organisation, uh, regarding the, the playoffs what are uh, coming up shortly for the uh, Women's Elite League. So I'll, I'll read it. It says, Dear EIHA, thank you for finally deciding on a venue for women's, playoff, uh, women's playoffs with 10 weeks to go. For you to tweet, hashtag women's movement never stops is amusing as it has definitely stopped for the last couple of months with no urgency to find a new venue for what is meant to be the most important weekend of the year. Would you have allowed the ice to be double booked for any of the men's playoffs or even junior finals? No, all of that seems on track and they all seem to be in central venues. You can say it's not your fault and it is I, Sheffield, but how does that work when, one, you at the beginning of each season should be confirming ice for big events, two, you have to approve all tournaments, the fact you have known for months and only just announced a new date is not exciting for any of us. This is no criticism of Widness, which is uh, the rink what has been announced. Um, it's near Liverpool and Manchester where it's going to be held. This is no criticism of Widness, as they are doing women's hockey a favour, but I would like you to think what you're actually doing for women's hockey to inspire players to want to turn up. Teams are out of pocket due to Sheffield hotel rooms already paid for. Teams now have to drive that bit further and potentially book two nights instead of one, as you haven't announced the schedule. Elite League, four of the teams are down south, one in the Midlands, one in the north. And Premier League, teams more than likely to go are in the Midlands. 
Um, I know it's long to eat. Bear with me. We're almost at the end. Um, Southern and Northern leagues are self-explanatory. So why wouldn't you pick a more central venue? This destination seems like, again, nobody has considered the fact that we are not professionals and we are paying for everything ourselves. The women's league season are ridiculously long, let alone with our playoffs already bumped to June for conference weekend. Has anyone actually noticed that since it has moved weekends, the atmosphere is non-existent? No teams stay to watch each other as everyone has work or school on a Monday. Um, so basically, uh, it's been quite a, a damning tweet from Natasha Aldrich, who's a very established player in the UK uh, for Bracknell. And she spoke out against, I guess, uh, the EIHA and their organisation of, of the playoff weekend. And it seems as though the EIHA double booked uh, Sheffield for another event. Um, where it's been held previously, um, and only now with ten weeks to go, they've they've found an alternative venue. But it doesn't seem to to suit uh, many of the players who've already made arrangements and booked hotels, and they're going to be out of pocket. So it's certainly an interesting time in the UK, and and with what Natasha Aldridge has said. So this means the whole uh, the whole series is now in Liverpool. Is that correct? Yep. So witnesses. Um, near Wigan I believe which is um, probably about half an hour 40 minutes from Liverpool it's sort of between Liverpool and Manchester and my geography is not great but uh, it's a smaller venue um, I think it's another Planet Ice venue um, right, okay. I might, might be wrong on that one so it's a smaller venue not quite the same um, the same um, capacity as I Sheffield which we know is quite a, a good rink I think it holds around uh, 2000 or so so um, so that so the, the original plan clearly from what she's saying was is that the series was going to be played in Sheffield yep and it seems as though the EIHA have double booked it for another tournament that particular weekend without realizing um, and then they've only recently changed it um, about a week ago they've announced um, the new venue in Witness after players have already made arrangements and hotels, um, booked and, hotels and, and you travel and everything else yeah so um, wow that that is unbelievable and so uh, basically the um, the ch the women's championship so the elite league women's championship is being bumped for some tournament yeah, so I'm I'm not quite sure which tournament I've not had. Uh, I've only recently. But it's not like the men's tweet. final or anything like that. It's just a tournament. I I honestly, um, without um, checking Shane, I I don't know. I wouldn't like to speculate. Um, but with a little bit of uh, research, I could uh, could double check, and yeah. um, you know we could we can discuss that yeah, yeah, maybe we'll next weekend. Yeah, next next uh, next episode. But yeah, it's it's a shame and. You know, the IHA are taking, you know, plenty of steps forward in, in some senses, but then it looks as though they're taking a step back in, in this sense, which is a shame, really. Yeah, you said that um, the EIHA, I believe, uh, the uh, the runner, the people that run run the whole thing, including Junior, they've literally done yep. the, they've, they've, they've done the, the exact same thing uh, in my league as well, uh, in that oh, they wow. uh, they double bit they double booked um, the Cardiff rink because uh, I play Cardiff twice more in my league. Um, to the point where I'm actually playing a back-to-back -back against Cardiff, um, at, like literally at the last weekend of the season. Yeah, so in oh, wow. uh, in the junior leagues, they played the whole, so the league that Finn's in, Cardiff's obviously in that league, and um, they booked, they double-booked basically every fixture that they had in that league for the year, for the season, so now they're stacking them all up at the end because they, they double-booked over every one of them. 
um, but, you know the same same uh, organizers or whatever so no it's a bit of a mess but I mean good on Aldridge for uh, calling them out like that that is outrageous for elite uh, uh, you know elite sport in any yeah. sport yeah you know? Absolutely, and uh, the three watch you tweeted out, it's, it's got a bit of um, you know movement to it. There's been 68 retweets of it, 153 sort of favourites. So a lot of people obviously sharing her thoughts and, and people sort of um, paraphrasing the tweet and tweeting about it, some sort of well-established people in the UK game um, you know, who, who are involved with the sport as well. So um, sort of former uh, coaches and officials and uh Things like that, also tweeting saying, you know, it's it's a shame, it's going to kill the sport and, yeah. uh, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I think I'll have a good at all. I think I'll have a little look myself when we get off here and uh, and uh, pounce on it a bit and do a bit of tweeting also. Um, yeah, amazing! Absolutely. What an incredible thing to happen. Uh, well, look, Scotty, we're um, running lean on time, but we had one other thing that we wanted to ask you where we had you on. I think one of Finn's. Finn's been throwing these questions around for the past couple of weeks, and he's got a doozy here for you. Yeah, so Don't I'm actually gonna, I'm going to ask both of you here. Okay. Uh, right. th- this is a question I actually came up uh, came up with last night after a couple of things were tweeted out. Uh, but the new uh, the new NHL franchise, uh, Seattle, uh, coming into the league. Um, if you were the owner of uh, of this uh, the Seattle team, uh, who would you start off uh, with choosing as the GM and the coach? And uh, I'm so, and I'm sort of opening that up to basically who, what key people might you? I mean, you can think about goalies or anybody else. What what key people might you? Yeah, want? Yeah, you can choose. Yeah, but it, it can be anyone. So it's a total wish list. Yes. Oh wow! Imagine okay. you're uh, imagine you're setting up a uh, a, a new team, and uh, you know you could have anybody who isn't obviously active uh, figure within the the nhl oh wow anybody wow, spr- anybody juicy. spring to mind oh uh yeah do you want me to tackle it first then or yeah no you have a go i'll, I'll leave you oh, to have wow. a go at this one. Oh wow so there's no pressure then that's a, that's a great <laughs> question finn by the way that's a cracking question right um ooh, ooh. i mean right we'll start with the gm um you know what i'm going to have to go with for the gm you know, some young blood, someone who's forward thinking, and I'm going to go for the least very own Kyle Dubas. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I would too. He's great. A great young guy. Yeah, Smart guy. Dubas, yeah, absolutely. He's got such a good head on his shoulders for a young guy. I believe he's um, 33, 34, something like that. Yep. And to have such a good level-headed professional approach he's been a, a revelation and a breath of fresh air to the Leafs and so I definitely go with Dubas for the GM for the coach ooh and if you're a startup team like a new team an expansion team to the league like Seattle do you know what I might poach as much as I love Babs um, I'm, I'm going to poach Gerard Gallant from Vegas I mean if you look at what yeah, he did last good, year good with um, with obviously the Vegas Knights yep. you know they Brand with the odds franchise. what they were yeah, yeah, brand new franchise with the odds what they were to win, um, you know, to go to the um, Stanley Cup final and, and win. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy, isn't it? Um, in fact, did they win? That's a silly question. I've just had a brain uh, brain freeze there. No, um, they didn't, did they? It was the the Capitals who did. Yeah, no, but they um, had that amazing season where everybody thought they could, and and the whole talk yeah. the whole year was, will a brand new franchise win the cup this year? 
Yeah, and it, it's fun. It. It's funny because in uh, business, they quite often talk about, and certainly in sales and that sort of thing, they talk about pe- some people that are brilliant openers and then people that mm-hmm. are brilliant closers, right? And um, yep. he is definitely your brilliant opener. If you're a brand new mm. franchise, he's proven that he can take uh, start from ground zero and make a proper run for it. So that's that's pretty exciting and a good shout. Absolutely, and um, you know he's he's done really well. But if I was to go for a nostalgic coach, yeah. I'd probably go for someone like a Scotty Bowman. I know he's not oh, active, yeah. but you I know the guy's Scotty a legend. Yeah. The guy's a legend, and um, you know I think he's the most winningest coach in NHL history. So I know he's been retired, I think, a good ten years or so, maybe <laughs> longer. But someone like Scotty Bowman would be awesome. But yeah. um, I'm going to go with Gerard Gallant. But for Netminder, ooh, ooh, that's a tricky one. I'm probably going to go for the Philly goalie who's been on fire, uh, Carter Hart. Yeah. Um, you know he's he's a young guy. I think he's only um, twenty. 20 years old yeah um but for him to come in and turn their fortunes around because they had a poor start to the season in philadelphia but since he came in they've had a, an amazing run and uh, obviously the leafs are playing against them on wednesday i think that's gonna be a tricky game for us um, but carter hart has come in and he's got a save percentage of i think 0.921 goals against average of 2.72 so he's got some amazing stats for someone so young and i think he'd be a great netminder to build a franchise around yeah i do too well wow, three great choices now what about what about an out player Tell us Ooh. one. Tell us one person you might have out there. Oh wowzers! <laughs> um, probably maybe Poach. Um, maybe Austin. Austin Matthews. Yeah. Um, Poach Austin, but at the same time, being a Leafs fan, I wouldn't want to detract from the quality of my Leafs team. Being selfish. You've already so took I'd Dubas. Probably... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So why, why, why stop there? Why not go for the Just strip them out. I'll, t- I'll take Riles as well. I'll take... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, but um, maybe Austin Matthews or probably yeah. someone like... Uh, maybe Kucherov or somebody like that at Tampa, you know, yeah. who's um, an outstanding forward, obviously. Yeah. League-leading scorer. Um, and they're on a real tear as well. Um, but I'll probably go Austin. Why yeah. Not? It's a different thing when... I mean, that's a great choice, right? So um, I, we've, we've had... We've all three of us had this discussion about um, who will get the captaincy whenever that comes and whatnot. And yep. I've been in the uh, Matthews camp the whole year. And the difficulty there is, um, and, and, and the beauty of starting a brand new franchise, is um, you bring um, a young, fantastic, stellar player into, a, into an established club, right? And all the politics and all the reasons what, that make it difficult to give that person the C uh, are, are already mm-hmm. there before that kid even arrives, right? But if you uh, are starting a brand new franchise, it's a perfect opportunity to take someone like uh, like an Austin Matthews and build a team around them, right? Yep, absolutely. So, uh, and, and without having that pressure as well, um, you know, because they're a, they're a new team to the league, so you're not going to have that pressure and expectation already. So you know, that'd be a, a you know a good move potentially as well. For sure. Wow, some really smart choices there. I can't wait to find out what happens with that uh, with that uh, franchise uh, this year. But uh, just looking at the old clock here, we bu- we best bounce and get and get on. Uh, so, Scotty, great having you on again, and uh, and uh, glad you're feeling better. Uh, thank you. No, likewise, it's always great chatting, and um, you know, it's it's great speaking with you guys. So, thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Well, um, it's great to have Cliffy's notes up and running again, and we'll look forward to having you on again next week. 
Cool. Thank you. Take care, guys. See you soon. Okay. Cheers, Scott. See ya. Thanks, bye. Uh, great to have Scott back on the show, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we may definitely missed him. He's part, part of this team. Yeah, for sure. He is part of uh, the UK Hockey Fan podcast, and, and um, it's great to have him back. Uh, great to have that insight on British hockey, uh, especially the men's elite league, and some real interesting insight into the women's uh, elite league and the problems that they're having there. Clearly being treated as second-class citizens, which I hate, and I uh, can't wait to get on social media and have a pop at people for about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, what else we got left? Well, breaking news right here. Uh, signing news. Uh, breaking signing news, literally? Literally. While we're on the podcast. While we were on the podcast. Very exciting. What do you got? Um, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have announced today uh, that the hockey club has signed goaltender Joseph Wall to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, Wall, uh, 20 years of age, appeared in 37 games with Boston College this season, posting a 13-21-3 record and a .919 save percentage. In 101 games with Boston College, um, the Dardenne Prairie, uh, n- uh, the native holds uh, 2.51 goals against average. Um, and internationally, he has represented the U.S., um, most recently ca- uh, getting the bronze medal with them uh, in the World Junior Championships. Amazing. So, yeah. Right, cool. And so, uh, what does that mean? Where, so, where does he play or where does he start or what happens there uh he's still with boston college okay uh yeah i think that's that's cool cool good to hear about new blood coming in uh Uh, so what else did you have for us because you mentioned a couple things at the beginning yes i've got a couple other things Uh, um well uh while we got that breaking news signing we might as well get with the other two yeah uh nick patan yeah, uh, we talked about his uh, signing last uh, podcast. Last two podcasts, I think that news has been lingering around. So, what's the, la- the latest? So, we finally got uh, the full news. Uh, so, Nick Patan has signed a two-year deal worth seven hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, and the big one, the big one this week uh, through the NHL, Big Z Zdeno Chara signs a one-year extension of two million dollars. One year. One year for two mil. Gosh, you'd think he'd be worth more than that. He's 42. Yeah, but he is pretty pretty, <laughs> pretty key player there. 6'9", big dude. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, uh, Yeah, well, well, we're on a good note. Uh, let's, yeah. go, let's go back to injuries. Um, oh, yeah. But for once, it's a good thing. Okay. So, uh, What's the good news? Gucci is back. The GOAT's back? Yep. Didn't play last night, did he? Did play last night. Did he play last that's, night? That's how, that's how I knew. Didn't see a lot of ice, I don't think, but he's back. He is, a, yeah, he is back. Okay, um, cool. That's good news. I love the game. And then good things with it, the other two. Uh, Jake Gardner skated without a no-contact jersey. Oh, Which okay. means he properly yeah. skated with the team. Right, so he had the red jersey off. Uh, yes, and Dermot skated with the team uh, with wearing uh, the red jersey, the no-contact jersey. But uh, he says uh, he'll probably be back after a few games. So Gardner's back in a Leafs jersey. We're hopeful maybe that he'll be, he must be only a game away then. Yeah, and um, Dermot's back skating, but he's still in the red. Yeah, still probably a few games away from him being back. Um, but for once, uh, seems like the bug is leaving us. Yeah. Okay. Touching wood. wood. Touching wood. Both of us touching wood here. Okay. Cool. Um, Uh, that's good news. Some great news. Thanks for thanks for that. You're welcome. And then uh, two last things. Uh, Milestone Matthews got 200 points in 204 games. That is great. He's just having it. Both him and Marner are having just amazing seasons for those young guys. It's I couldn't be happier for them. Fantastic. And 
I couldn't be happier that they're both Leafs. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing, uh, Nylander uh, has been playing on the Matthews line recently. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously been impressing Babcock. Yeah. And um, so Kapanen is now on the third line with Kadri and Marlowe. Right. Oh, so Willie's crept his way back onto the second line. Yes. Excellent. All right. Good for him. Um, I think that just leaves us with, uh, with the, the, the questions. How many questions you got? We have, uh, I believe, eight. Eight questions. No way. We got. We don't have the time for it. Pick no, no, no. One question. One question. Eight parts of the. Question. <laughs> one question. Eight parts. No, no. This but it's, a quick, thin it's quick. For though, sure. Quick. All right. Let's go. Okay. So last night on the New Grinch bro- broadcast, um, before the game, they popped up a few of the nicknames oh, from I the Leafs. This. The, the Leafs call each other. It's not nicknames that we've made up, like oh Magic Mitch God, or yeah, uh, okay. yeah, Pappy right, or whatever. Right. Oh, right. I oh mean, no. we didn't make that one up, but that that's what everyone one, calls him. That was going to be my ace in the hole, that one. Yeah, so now yeah, I've given you one there. So I have eight here. Okay. Uh, we'll start off easy. Austin Matthews. So Pappy. It, it isn't. What do the, the Leafs call him? Uh, Matty? Yep. Oh, right. They call him okay. Matty. Right, one for one. Uh, Mitch Marner. Easy, another easy one. Uh, Mitchy. Yep. Uh, Patrick Marlowe. Patty. No, this is this is. Papa. No, think about think about this. You you, you said it earlier when, when we were talking about Patrick Marlowe. Did I? Come on, man. Patty. Patty. No. Marlowe. No. <laughs> Big Daddy. No. Uh, they call him the Goat. The Goat. Right. Okay. Uh, so this will ha- that that pr- should help you with this one, Frederick Gauthier. I thought he was called the goat. <laughs> Close. The got. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> the gat. No. Uh, Gauthier. Uh, I don't know. Freddie the Great. No, they just call him Goat. Oh, okay. So you've got the goat and goat and just goat because that's so kind of funny. I'll bet that's funny. They think that's funny. Probably. Yeah. Um, Andres Janssen. Ooh, uh, Yanni? No. Dre? No, no. I don't know. Mango? Of course. Because <laughs> why not? Because why wouldn't you? <laughs> no one knows why. You have no idea why these things are, do you? No, I, I, I don't why know why. That? No, Mango is, um, it's like some Inside meaning. joke. Yeah, it's some meaning to him. All right, next. Because, um, no, so on, on his sticks, you know how NHLers have their names on their sticks showing whose stick it is? So do we. I know we do. All right. But um, his is thank like... You, thank you, True Sticks, by the way. Yeah. That's why Metro has so many points. Yep. Um, but his, has, his instead of Janssen on it, it just says Mango. Right, okay. Um, but yeah. Um, Morgan Riley. Riles. No. Remember, hashtag vote. I don't know. Mo, just Mo. Oh, okay. Because if you remember hashtag vote Mo when he was uh I do when they were trying to get him on the All Star. Yep. Uh, these ones are easy. Uh, Mike Babcock. Babs. And Kyle Dubas. Uh. W. No. <laughs> Dubs. No. Big Dubby. No. <laughs> w Wubby. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Doobie. D- uh, that was close. <laughs> Maybe I was just pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Doobie wooby. <laughs> Come on. Give me that one. <laughs> sure, you uh, can have that thank one. Thank you. You got uh, six out of eight. Hey, that's not bad. That isn't bad. I, I actually like that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was good. I, I couldn't remember any of those. They all have a nickname. Find out them all. Oh, man, I'll have to 
watch so many leaf to leafs oh, it's probably out there somewhere who knows no i i actually looked it up to try and find all of them so we could have a full th- like 30 oh or whatever my god could you imagine that i mean actually you know it'd be like a giant podcast version of a sleeping pill final question go on carrot sparks sparky yeah boom see that's the only one i can remember and then, easy. and then i can't remember any of the defensemen oh yeah okay actually no muzzin's muzzy i think yeah um right that all yeah. you got that's literally like I couldn't remember any of the others. <laughs> um, Let's get out of here. Okay. All right. Uh, super shout outs, uh, as usual, to our friends, uh, some of our Canadian friends, Beer League Republic, who we love as a brand and and uh, a uh, clothing um, producer. Uh, they're awesome, and we love everything that you ever do. They're on Instagram. Check them out, Beer League Republic. Our amazing friends at uh, the Sports Screen. Look, look them up online. Look them up on social media. It is the best training aid if you're uh, w- trying to practice ripping pucks at home. Um, it's fantastic. Check it out. Um, Bionic Skate Blades, another Canadian team uh, from on t- a team. Well, they are a team, I'm sure. Yeah. Another Canadian um, uh, company. company supplier uh, from Ontario. They make the best skate blades in the world right now. So if you're laying out six hundred uh, or seven hundred dollars on a pair of amazing skates, maybe a thousand dollars, you want the best blades money that can buy, and uh, those are Bionic skate blades. They don't make them any better. So check them out. Who do we got uh, over here? Uh, Crosscheck clothing. Awesome, Rotherham. Um. Oh, Puck Stop. Yeah, love that shop. Family-owned business in Sheffield, uh, very near the rink. Uh, All Star, in Swindon. Uh, yeah, Ian Clark's shop, All Star uh, Sports. They're great and knowledgeable guys uh, in Swindon. Um, can do pretty much anything that you need doing to a pair of skates and uh, sell lots of brand new kit there. Really knowledgeable guys. Drop in there if you're uh, anywhere in the southeast. Uh, Let's get out of here. Yeah, okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. Check us out on social media. All the links are uh, in the little bit that you would have found our podcast on. Uh, and uh, we'll see you in a few days. See you guys. Is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old.